106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. What the mainstream media was afraid to tell you about the news this week. This week, while the mainstream media scoffed about a Christian black man forgiving his brother's murderer and giving her a hug, here are the things that happened that really matter. According to the New York Times, of all places, Shifty Adam Schiff knew about the allegations in the whistleblower complaint before the official complaint was filed with the Inspector General of the Intelligence Community. Which means Schiff lied when he told MSNBC weeks earlier that he had never talked directly with the whistleblower. Which means Republicans like Fred Flights were correct when they predicted that the House Intelligence Committee Democrats had colluded with the whistleblower before the complaint was made public. But did the mainstream media report this bombshell to you? No, no. After the New York Times dropped that piece, the mainstream media, TV networks, either didn't talk about it at all, or they explained away Adam Schiff's lie and said he just should have phrased it more clearly. A Christian doctor in the UK was fired from his job for declining to call a six-foot bearded man madam due to his religious beliefs on biology and gender. After he was fired, the doctor sued for wrongful termination and said he was a victim of discrimination because of his Christian beliefs. But a court in the UK ruled against the doctor, saying his Christian views and his scientific views on gender were incompatible with human dignity. But did the mainstream media report on this? Did the mainstream media ask, wait a second, where does this end? Will Christians in general be forced entirely out of the medical field if their religious beliefs are incompatible with human dignity? No, no, the mainstream media didn't ask that question. They didn't report on this story at all. Democratic Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib told the Detroit police chief that he should hire only African-Americans and not people of other races or skin colors. Yes, a sitting member of Congress said the government should discriminate against people based on their race and only hire people of certain skin color. But did the mainstream media report on this racism? Did they hold Tlaib account for this bigotry? No, no, the mainstream media didn't report on this story at all. New York City passed a law that will fine people $250,000 if they use the term illegal alien in a way that the New York City politicians think is derogatory. Yeah, if liberal politicians think you said the phrase in a mean way, they will fine you a quarter of a million dollars, which is obviously unconstitutional. But did the mainstream media report on this wild violation of the First Amendment? No, no, the mainstream media refused to cover this story at all. A young black girl accused three white boys of a racial hate crime at her school. The same school, coincidentally, where second lady Karen Pence teaches art class. The mainstream media jumped on this story originally. They were super happy to have a narrative that painted Christians and Republicans as racists and bigots and bullies. But then the girl and her family admitted that the allegations were a hoax. They never happened. The girl made them up. The so-called hate crime wasn't real. But how many of the mainstream media outlets who rushed to cover the crime originally corrected the story when it turned out to be a lie? Barely any. The mainstream media doesn't care to report any of that to you, so we will. And that is my final point.
day to you. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. We're just starting out here today, and uh, I think last week, Tanner, who does all the techie work for me, makes us actually sound good when, when we're struggling, particularly over here. He said I may have mentioned the wrong episode last week, but uh, so today, I think Tanner and I agree that it's the 28th episode from the from the start of us launching this podcast. So, uh, welcome, and uh, we are happy to be here to talk for a while today, about two two hours and 10 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that, about six sec- sections or sessions, uh, the 12th uh, of October. And uh, we're here in Northern California, where the, every time the wind blows now in California, up in Northern California, I can't speak for the South, but we're, um, we have a monopoly up here called Pacific Gas and Electric, or what we call PG&E, and um, lived here all my life, and uh, PG&E was a great company at one time, and there would be terrible storms and blustery winds, North Wind is famous for up here, and snowstorms and big rainstorms in the valley here in northern california and uh, occasionally a transformer would blow out or somebody hit a pole knocked the power out but it'd come right back on but of recent uh, i my my uh, suspicion is that pg and e has not been doing the proper maintenance on its lines and keeping the trees away from the lines, et cetera, et cetera. So now, uh, every time, or supposedly what's been happening is we we have these winds, and then there's these horrific fires that happen. And when they trace them back to the cause, it isn't human error <clears throat> or negligence, like throwing a cigarette or running a piece of equipment with sparks out in the dry grass, but it's actually Pacific Gas and Electric's equipment, their transmission lines, power systems, whatever, that are catching the uh, foliage on fire. And because of the environmentalists in Northern California getting the legislators to forbid us from managing the uh, foliage, throughout the north and in in the quest to rewild the north and to institute something called agenda 21 where we re- remove people from rural northern northern california and put us in cities and stack and pack housing uh the whole uh, object object uh was to return to nature and to let nature uh, be like it would without any humans the problem is when you do that and humans are still around, uh, once a fire starts, like before humans, or even when the indigenous people moved in here, everything would just burn up because there was no restraints and there was no managing of the forest where you would cut out uh, dead dead brush, dead trees, diseased trees, thin out, thin out the forest. So if there was a fire along the ground, it would burn along the ground, but not up in the trees. Now we have these horrific firestorms. And it's simply all caused by government neglect. And so now PG&E 
had someone post on Facebook today about all the details of why PG&E has to go through what they're going through. Well, the guy didn't address one thing about how we got to where we are. And, oh, we shouldn't blame the linemen and we shouldn't blame the people on the ground. I, I'm not. I'm blaming the corporate executives that get millions and millions of dollars in bonuses combined with the environmentalists, combined with the people that are forcing them to pay egregious utility costs or gas and electric costs for green energy, which is stupid. So here we have, you know, I just talked to a, a major rice farmer in the area earlier today. And they they couldn't harvest yesterday because they had nowhere to put the rice. Uh, because in the rice dryers, they have to run fans and to get the moisture out of the rice. And so they couldn't run the dryer, so they couldn't bring rice to the dryers. So they had to stop harvesting, which when you have north wind on rice, each day that goes by that it lays out there, the quality goes down. So that's what you get for a socialist country called California, as some people now are calling it, or Calazuela. Because stupid just leads to more stupid decisions, which leads to more stupid decisions, which then we have to pay more and more money. And I just want to ask all you out there that are Californians, when you go out to buy a product like a car, if they said some mornings it just isn't going to start, or you buy a new big one of those big TV screens and they'll say, well, sometimes, you know, it just turns off and we can't we can't use you can't use it on certain days. Uh, if you were going to go higher southwest to fly you somewhere and they said we make it there nine out of ten, ten times, you wouldn't purchase uh, any services or products from these companies. And so now we have a monopoly which is basically a state-run monopoly, state-controlled monopoly called PG&E, that is saying, uh, we're going to provide you service when we think it's proper to provide you service. And whether you run a business and have employees, like my rice farmer friends probably has 100 employees out there. Uh, Whether you have employees or not, or whether you have deadlines to meet with your product, We're going to turn the power off like a third world nation when we feel like our lines are not safe and we're going to cause a big fire. So every time uh, PG&E doesn't sell power, they lose money. Every time someone who posted on Facebook said when they restart all their power up and let the power come to the lines, they have to go back and check all the lines all the connections to make sure they aren't firing up a faulty line. Huge costs. Who do you think is going to pay those costs? That would be you and me. Uh, we're going to pay those costs, and, and how are you going to pay them? Well, they're going to have increased rates, and then like we do with California Water Service, where I am in Marysville, they charge us, uh, they charge us more if we go over our water conservation budget and then when we don't uh, get penalized in that fashion and if we're not buying the amount of water we used to then we get penalized with the water rate adjustment mechanism it's called a ram charge water rate adjustment mechanism charge it's just a charge an extra charge on top of everything else you don't even have to buy anything 
you could you could go all month and not even buy any water from them and they would charge you that ram charge now that's what's going to happen with pg&e it's going to it's a charge to offset the cost of having the assets there in case you did want to use it or in case you did want to buy more it's an entire fiasco once you meddle with the the uh you know one time pg&e had their lines in good shape and uh you know these these stupid people that every time anything weird happens they get a stomach ache or can't get pregnant it's global warming so anything that happens if there's a big fire well that's global warming i just saw where it's supposed to be a big precipitation year this year and i thought well if it was a drought that would be global warming i guess precipitation a lot of precipitation is also going to be caused by global warming it's just that the whole country has lost their minds and the ones that are the most insane are residing here on the left coast. So anyway, if you're first time to this, I'm not quite sure whether you found our website, which is nohostagesradio.com, or whether you just stumbled across us or got a referral to our podcast, with is No Hostages Radio. I know a lot of people used to listen to us on the live radio about a half year ago now. Um little over half a year. Uh, they still haven't adjusted. I ran into somebody the other day. He said, oh, I used to really listen to the show. And I said, oh, you could listen on podcasts. Oh, I don't don't really understand that. So uh, some people are just kind of, you know, I guess we all, as we get older, we just get stuck and we quit. Uh, we just say, oh, I can do without that. So, but, uh, so you can reach us with your favorite podcast source which you've probably determined or you could catch us at the website nohostagesradio.com where you can also pick up some uh, articles that i've written for the territorial dispatch which is a weekly in uh, yuba county california it's one of 58 counties and it serves uh, the paper goes out to i think three or four counties uh, yuba sutter nevada nevada and calusa i think maybe maybe a few up in butte fifth county and you can also read that paper uh, each week. You could see the articles in the paper at territorialdispatch.biz.biz. Um, so if you want to reach out to me, if you want to communicate with me, you want to give me some information, tell tell me I made a mistake or don't like me, whatever you want to do is fine. Uh, it's nohostagesradio.com. Lou at nohostagesradio.com. Sorry, Lou at nohostagesradio.com and you can send me an email or you can dial me up at 530-713-1838 530-713-1838 so um, I want to talk about uh, the recall of Governor Newsom uh, Governor Newsom just uh, declared you know it, right before uh, Jerry Brown turned over the reins of the state to Governor Newsom Governor Brown went to Governor Newsom. They served together. Governor Newsom was lieutenant governor under Jerry Brown. They served together, and they came up with this idea that, and they got it to the legislature to buy it, that um, they were not going to approve any road funds, even though the road funds were collected with taxes. They weren't going to provide any funds out of the budget to repair the roads and freeways of the state of California because they really, uh, what they're ultimate goal is to get the get the cars off the freeways 
except of course their own personal cars because they're elitist and the and in a socialist country, some people are just more equal than others. So you always have a wealthy, extremely wealthy group that can do everything else that others are forbidden to do. So the idea is to remove cars from the highways. And um, so uh, Governor Brown said, I don't care what you send to me. I'm going to veto what you're not going to be able to get any road funds unless you pass a measure to add taxes and add more DMV fees. And then that that money would go towards that extra money would go to roads. So that was SB one. It was passed a couple of years ago, and then last general election in 2018, uh, there was a uh, Prop six on the ballot, which was a measure to repeal SB one. And unfortunately, uh, counties are are such little hookers for the state now because they're so desperate for money. Uh, it's being run as a socialist country now that the the local uh, public works people endorsed uh, the re- the uh, turning down of Prop Six, which would have repealed the, the road the extra road fund taxes, because they said we uh, with SB one we will get enough money to begin repairing our roads, and we're not getting any now. So therefore, even though it's a terrible thing, we should we should vote for it. So. Uh, anyway, it lost, I think, 55 to 45, 55 percent, uh, 45 percent. So the repeal was turned back. So we had these SB1 funds and there's uh, something like five or six billion a year uh, over a 10 year period, 54 billion. I mean, these are guesstimates, right? Depends on how much fuel is purchased, et cetera, how many DMV f- fees there are. But uh, so this so everybody, even though it was uh, Prop 6 was was defeated. Uh, the money began to be spent for roads up and down. You could drive up and down California. And finally, some roads were being patched, fixed, expanded, over crossings put in, etc. Then Gavin Newsom said, I think unless you counties begin to build low-income housing, as if we can just build socialist housing, right? Totally, totally stupid, totally ignorant. Um I'm not going to I'm not going to release these road funds. Then he then he took five billion of the road funds and transferred them uh, to a rail and also to other programs to expedite or hurry up uh, the forcing of people to get rid of their cars and to start using transit. The problem in California, even though we have a high population, it's a big state. It's very rural. Most of it you have to drive drive to get to your uh, office. You can't bike. Uh, it, it isn't realistic. You can't ride a horse. So they're expanding bike trails, uh, horse areas, parks, etc. And uh, and they want ultimately they want to move the entire population to where they work so they could walk out of their apartment, walk down the street, and go to work. Uh, that's the ideal. That's communism for you. It's stupid. In fact, I'll just give you an analogy to how this this all works out. I was talking to my friends in Vietnam and how it was, how it's been in the evolution of communism as when communism took full control of Vietnam in 1975. They said, Lou, let me give you an example. Uh, there's a, the northern capital, we call it, of Vietnam is Hanoi. If you go straight to the uh, 
the east, you'll hit the ocean, what they call the East Sea. Some On the maps, it says it's the China Sea, but the Vietnamese call it the East Sea. When you get over there, there's a beautiful, beautiful bay called Halong Bay, Halong Bay. And uh, a lot of people go there and spend the night on the water, and uh, it's very nice. Anyway, she said, if uh, the lady told me, she said, if you were in Halong Bay with your motorbike and you got a flat tire, uh, you could not get it repaired in Halong Bay. You had to transport the entire bike back to Hanoi because that's where the tire patch system uh, was allotted for your bike. So if there's a million bikes in Hanoi and and uh, and your bike was one of them, that's the only place you could get your bike repaired was in Hanoi. That was because that the, your bike uh, patch kit was was in Hanoi, not in Halong Bay. So you had to move the entire a vehicle the bike the motorbike over there somehow get it over there and then get the the repaired in there and that would include any park on the bike part on the bike now that's how stupid all these rules upon rules upon one stupid rule and then you have another stupid rule to patch up over that stupid rule and then another ignoramus rule and that's what's going on here in the state of california so here the wind is blowing the sun is out Power is off in much much of the North State, and uh, people are having to go spend a lot of money by by. Uh, it's just like if if you were down buying a compressor uh, or generator to generate some electricity while PG&E is not going to be serving you. Uh, you wouldn't buy a generator if they told you, well, this generator really w- runs well when it runs, but w- sometimes it just won't run, and and that's just the way it is. No one would go out and hire. An, an energy company to power their property if they said we're only going to serve you sometimes or most of the time right you just wouldn't do that because you'd go to the competitor if, if you could do it this way and you'd find a competitor that'd say we're going to serve you 24 hours a day 365 days a year and the only time you're going to be down is if we have a, a disaster of a pole going down or major breakdown and then even you're only going to be out of power for an hour or two i i can't ever remember living uh in the valley here sacramento valley and being out of power for even more than a portion of a day it's just unbelievable so what's going on now is just totally i heard uh uh james gallagher who's the assemblyman for our area yuba sutter butte counties say that it's just typical lack of transparency from from uh from PG&E, which is basically a liberal organization, and and so they're in collusion with the California Public Utility Commission, which is a corrupt organization proved to be by the federal government investigating them, in collusion with the state government, who doesn't want us to be living in these rural areas anyway, and this is a way to for- force us out. Uh, it's just totally ridiculous, but that's the way it's going, so... Uh, so anyway, if you want to reach out to me, you can. Um, if you want to, uh, if you want to support this show, we have a bunch of we have a handful of sponsors that keep us going. But if, in fact, I got a check this week from a friend of mine who who decided that I guess he decided he enjoyed the show and he's going to like make sure I stick around. So if you want to help us, you can you can send a check over here to Lou Benninger, uh, B I N N I N G E R at Box eighty eight. Marysville 95901 box 88 Marysville 95901 and just put uh 
no hostages radio no hostages radio and and we just what we do is pay for uh being hooked up to the itunes google all the podcasts the the internet and then uh the work to to technically make this sound worthy and production worthy and presentation worthy uh there's some fees that go into all this so i i'm not making it a nickel on it in fact it costs me money to do it but i'm happy to do it because uh I ain't going down without a fight. I don't know about you. I think a lot of my friends are just willing to just go along to get along. I am not. I am not on that page. And so I'll be here uh, as long as I can be. So we're going to take um, uh, the way we do this. If you're new, we take a little break. Gives me a chance to just get reorganized a couple of minutes. I'm going to play you a clip um, about a city joining President Trump in opposing the California state sanctuary law system, which is uh, saying we basically they're acting like a foreign country. We don't we don't want to uh, we're not going to work with the federal uh, law enforcement to hold it, people in this country illegally that have committed crimes. So we'll be right back. All right. California has gone from the golden state into a state of lawlessness. We're not talking about immigration. We're talking about criminality. We are tired. We are fed up by the lawlessness of the Democratic Party. Sanctuary cities are magnets for criminal aliens. Come the right way. You are not entitled to be here. Respect Americans. This is America. USA! USA! That is in California, guys. That's Santa that Clarita. Night. That's right outside of L.A. Yes. And keep in mind, it was in January that uh, California became a sanctuary state. And obviously, the people of California aren't all on the same page, at least in that enclave just outside of Los Angeles. That's right. Somebody City Council members there voted five to nothing last night to support the DOJ's lawsuit against that sanctuary state. Joining us right now, West Coast correspondent, Fox News contributor, Tommy Lahren. Uh Tommy, what's going on with uh, Southern Californians and their message to Sacramento? Well, I tell you, every week I'm on this show and every week I tell you Californians are waking up and city by city, area by area, county by county, we are seeing it. Make no mistake, California will not tolerate lawlessness anymore. And what you're seeing is the American people not taking this as a left versus right issue, but an issue of safety. But I will say this, this is a cautionary tale to the Democrats. You, Democrats, made this a left versus right issue by choosing to uphold illegal immigrants over American citizens. You caused this. And now what you're seeing is Californians saying, you know what? If the Democratic Party is standing up for illegal immigrants over the American people, I'm not so sure I support that party anymore. Mm -hmm. And if it can happen in California, of all places, it can happen anywhere, and it will. This is a Fox News alert. The Orange County Board in Orange County, California, has voted to join the Trump administration's lawsuit against California and its sanctuary state law. 
Sandra Hutchins is sheriff of Orange County and has fought that law by publicly posting the release times of illegal immigrant inmates. California AG Javier Becerra told Fox News producer Dan Gallo he may have Sheriff Hutchins arrested for that watch. State law is state law, and uh, it's my job to enforce state law. I, I, will, I will do so, and we want to make sure that uh, every jurisdiction, including Orange County, understand what state law requires of the people and the subdivisions of the state of California. I mean, does that mean a lawsuit against the sheriff's department or arrest of the sheriff's department? I think I just answered that. Okay, thanks very much. Sheriff Hutchins joins us tonight. Sheriff, a lot of people on the East Coast are waking up to what's going on in California, but it seems like we're moving toward a crisis here. Is that the way it seems to you? Uh, no, I, uh, I, it's uh, not a crisis. It's, uh, we're, as, a, as a sheriff of Orange County, I feel responsible for the public safety of the citizens of our county. Yes. SB 54 uh, does not allow for that. And so um, I uh, have started yesterday posting the names and uh, dates of release of all our inmates. It's publicly accessible to uh, all of the community, and that is well within the law provided by SB 54. Right. What I meant by crisis is you're the chief law enforcement officer of your county, one of the biggest counties in the state, the chief law enforcement officer of the state, the attorney general is threatening to arrest you. That scene, I've never heard of anything like that happening in any state, uh, at least in my well, lifetime. I, yeah, I, I, and I haven't either, and I find it interesting. Maybe he better read SB 54 again, because I don't think he understands what the law says. And what I'm doing is entirely within uh, the confines of the law, and I'm doing what I think is important for my constituents. Um, it's a public safety issue to me. It's not about immigration at all. Right. It's about individuals who have committed violent crimes. And let me just give you some examples of some individuals we've had to release. Uh, how about um, sex with a minor, child cruelty, domestic violence? I, I mean, I don't think I could sleep at night knowing that uh, I had let somebody go and they go out and commit another crime with those kinds of charges. So uh, I am doing something well within the law that helps me to notify ICE along with the community on when individuals are, are being released. It gives ICE an opportunity to pick up those individuals who are in custody for serious crimes. We're not talking about misdemeanor no, crimes. We're, not, we're talking about serious, violent crimes. No, you're acting out of, obviously, a moral imperative that's non-political. It's, it's, it's your job description. How would the attorney general arrest you, and what will happen if he tries? Well, I wouldn't advise it. Uh, if he's going to arrest me, um, then uh, he better have some good charges, because uh, I'm going to get an attorney, and, and I'll fight it. But uh, I would be very surprised. Uh, if Mr. Becerra decides to make a move like that and arrest a sitting sheriff for following the law, just because he doesn't like what I'm doing, uh, that's not enough. I'm following the law, and I'm trying to take care of my constituents here in Orange County. So I wonder why other law enforcement officials in other parts of the state aren't doing what you're doing, if what you're doing is consistent with California law. I'm not sure. I think some are uh, doing uh, other things, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to speak to that. But I, I think there are some other jurisdictions who are uh, doing what they can uh, to legally, under the confines of the law, as, as it sits today, uh, doing what they can to protect their, their communities. You know, the sheriffs in the state of California fought this uh, Senate bill from the very, very beginning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it states that we cannot 
use any resources to communicate with our federal law enforcement partners, no, I know. which is just ludicrous. Well, it's, it's dangerous, as you pointed out. Sheriff, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is the Midnight Blues For the girl I left behind me Ain't it a fine old thing This is the blues Just a feeling Deep inside of me All right, we're back. Hope you enjoyed this that. Um, I'm just looking here at, at uh, some notes I had. Uh, oh, let's see. Um, one thing I found the other day I thought was good. It said I'm paying my I'm paying taxes on my wages. Then I'm paying sales taxes to spend my own money. Then I'm paying income taxes on money that was already taxed. Then when I die, my kids pay the death tax on my money that was already taxed many times before. I saw this other uh, thing. I, I meet a lot of people today that are, uh, they, uh, their mind has been poisoned by the entitlement mantra of the government that we'll take care of you just do what we tell you we'll take care of you even though that taking care of is uh minuscule compared to what they could earn if they really got some motivation in their life but there was a photo of a guy it was kind of a photo from um looked like from a truck looking across to a harvester and uh and then in the back, there was a field that had been harvested or they were harvesting. And this guy was walking back. It was a still shot. And so you saw the back of him. But you could tell in his walk that one of his legs was a prosthetic leg, fake leg. And uh, so this guy wrote this, said, I met this man two days ago when he came to the farm shop and he asked if we needed any help during the harvest, which we're right in the middle of rice harvest here. It's, it's really cool. Uh so he said he we, if asked if we need any help, which we did. So he is working with us hauling loads to the elevator. The elevator when farm talk means where they uh, they store the grain. Now, why I want to share this is because if you look closely, this man has a prosthetic leg and is driving a semi truck. So, yeah, it was a shot from the from the harvester where the gentleman was sitting and then wrote this story. And this guy was walking back over the, the big rig, right? For the folks that don't know, uh, this truck is a 10-speed with a clutch, and the prosthetic leg is the one he has to, it's on the leg he has to use with the clutch. Looks like an impossibility, right? Might I add that he lost his leg in April. In other words, he just lost his leg. Uh, I believe, and has only had the prosthetic for three weeks. He just had the the prosthetic fitted on the leg because the leg had settled down enough. The swelling had gone down where they could properly fit the leg. And then he goes on to say, if this is not inspirational, I don't know what is exclamation point, exclamation point for all the lazy ass folks out there wanting a handout when this man probably in his sixties 
is working with a prosthetic leg. And I haven't heard him bitch or complain, not one time, always asking if you need a hand. In other words, he's always saying, hey, what else can I do? Reminds me, hanging around with my dad and his friends. Grow up and stop asking for handouts. Thank you for the help and thanks for showing me how to never quit and keep moving forward. Hands off, hats off to you, sir. Another person wrote, you should move to California. When the wind blows, they turn the electricity off nowadays. Our taxes are used to support illegal aliens, and it's legal to crap on the streets if you're homeless. Yes, come here soon. So uh, anyway, there's a write-up here. Uh, it's a declaration that uh, that PG&E was shorting, uh, going to shut off its power and it, whoever wrote this, I don't know if it was Yuba County or whatever, and it said, while Yuba County has no role in a power shutoff, uh, the Office of Emergency Ser Services team wants to make sure that those who rely on power for medical equipment are not put at risk. Please use this notice, et cetera. They're telling people that are in medical need to just call 911, Right. Everybody knows that, but they're saying, hey, if, you, if you're if you not sick, but you 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 got a, a machine that runs off electricity to keep you breathing, you better call 911. So uh, you can also, it's probably good if you're in Yuba County, to, in fact, you could substitute your county. There's a county website called BePreparedYuba.org, BePreparedYuba.org. And you can look there for updates. And I think you can even sign up there if you're, a, for instance, if you are uh, uh, need a wheelchair. You, you're in a wheelchair, and that's primarily how you get around. And you need to evacuate or anything. They'll come and get you if you're on this list. You can put your name on there. Um, so they're saying, hey, uh, we'll help you if you need some help, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so let's see, what else would I, okay, I wanted to talk about uh, Ellis Lake again. We have this lake, it's probably several blocks, um, I don't know how many acres it is, but it's several city blocks um, in size. And it has been around since the early 1900s. It was a natural slough in the city of what became Marysville. Marysville kind of built around it and kind of just kind of wrestled with it until uh, some people had the vision to, to make more of a, uh, a lake out of it than a slough where people could enjoy it. And so over the years, a number of changes were done to it. And then the WTA, WPA projects under Franklin Roosevelt during the Depression kind of formalized the lake and made it look close to what it is today but over the years there's been different people who have been stupid they just have been stupid they may have had been highly educated but i think they got educated beyond their ability to make good decisions and so when we started out the lake was being uh uh provided water from the Yuba River, which the Yuba River comes straight down out of the Sierra Nevada foothills, and it's snow water that's melting up there. Snow water's clean, and it's clear, 
and it's low on minerals. It doesn't have phosphorus, for instance, which is bad for a lake. Uh, so <clears throat> the founders of the lake, um, of, of the slough, the slough was just kind of a mess in, in low water years, and it was, it was, you know, changed when there was high water years, right? So, and it was getting drainage from the city, and, you know, there were all kinds of things. So they, they decided, we're going to bring water, and they brought it in by ditch and flume. And you can read that back in the early 1900s. And so then a pump was put in uh, down at the river. It would, a pipe was put in the river, and a pump would pump the water out, up it's in a pipe, over the levee system, which keeps the flooding of the rivers out of the city, and down into a piping system and over into the lake. And it was bringing clean water into the lake, and the, and the lake was basically a clean lake. And you could... Uh, you could people used to ski in the lake a little bit you know i mean it didn't it isn't that huge but they could get up a little head of steam there's been all kinds of activities in the lake but then the public works director a number of years ago decided we're going to put in a well which is easy in marysville because we got a high water table and we'll just pump water right from the lake right next to the lake we'll pump it out of the ground and and refresh the lake. In other words, water evaporates, right? And they began doing that, but then algae appeared, lots of algae. And nobody seemed to, to be able to figure out that it was the pumped water was different from the water coming in from, from the river in that it had large amounts of phosphorus. Now, if you, you could be a kindergartner, and if you Googled algae and how algae get started it starts in a climate where there's not so much oxygen and there's lots of phosphorus and nitrogen in the water so that happens naturally in well water in marysville and probably lots of other places but you don't even have to be an engineer if you can read you can find this out on the internet with without even googling more than once it just come right up and tell you so the city of Marysville uh, got in trouble because they don't they just don't obey the law over there and they don't they're not smart. So the city of Marysville is indebted uh, 17 billion, 17 million dollars to uh, purchasing five acres of land that's worth two million dollars. Now, only stupid people do these kind of things. Really stupid. Does that mean they don't have good careers? No, one the one of them was a judge that made that decision. Another one was an attorney uh, or a CPA that made got in on that decision. But none of them were experts in financial investments or in real estate. We don't want our government investing in real estate and finances for us. We just want it to be small. But that's it's different nowadays. So what's happened is, uh, is that now the uh, city, they like typical of government, they typically pool ignorance. And no one wants to make a wise decision. Uh, so, and many times people that serve on the boards just let the staff tell them what to do. Whereas the people on the boards are supposed to have enough smarts to sort it out and they make the decision. So in this case, the, they, uh, the, the city has hired this 
high-priced engineering firm in a nearby city, Roseville or Sacramento, EKI Water and Engineering or something like that. And they are going to get paid a couple hundred thousand dollars, probably close to that, 140000 something like that, to come up with a plan to clean this water. Now, the easiest way to clean the water like you, it, there's not, there's lots of lakes in Yuba County. It's not like we don't have, we've never seen a lake. It'd be one thing if no one in, in this part of California had ever seen a lake, no knew how a lake worked. Most lakes are fed by a river or stream, and then out the other end of the lake goes a river or stream. So the lake is just a big area that collects the water and then ushers the water out the other side. And as fresh water comes in and other water goes out, it stays fresh. And we don't have to add algae. You know, if you've got a swimming pool, you had to add algicide in the summer here, or you had to hydro, some kind of chemical. I can't remember all the chemicals we used to play. There was uh, an acid, and then we also put chlorine in. But in lakes, you don't have to do that. And in fact, you don't need to even create, like in an aquarium, you have to add oxygen, right? That's why you had that little, that little motor running all the time, right? Pumping oxygen in that thing. Circ circulating the water and then you have to add all kinds of chemicals in an aquarium this eki engineering their brilliant idea is to put 20 they're going to create an aquarium out of the lake so you're going to put all these bubblers in the bottom of the lake 25 of them run by compressors just like having an aquarium in your front room but it's going to be the lake and then you're going to have to have algicide and to run that thing, it's going to take about $700,000. The, the city of Marysville is so screwed up that it hasn't even been able up until recently to, to turn the current well on and pump phosphorus-laden water in. But now they seem to be able to think that they can come up with $700,000 to make it into an aquarium and spend $45,000 a year in maintenance fees to run it. And, and they haven't been paying any maintenance fees up until recently. As compared to probably less than $8,000 a year to just simply pump Yuba River water into the Ellis Lake and then it flow out at the other end of Ellis Lake and go into come in from the Yuba River and dump out into the Feather River. Very simple. But... The, um, the the city of Marysville twice now has voted down an offer from two private uh, citizens, one a businessman and one a retired fellow trained as a biologist and worked for the Department of Fish and Wildlife. They turned him down to to said they're just saying, hey, that's this that's a crazy idea what you're doing. Why don't you just let us do what worked for 40 years. It isn't like it hasn't worked before. So let's try it. Let's make this work for 40 years. It's worked for 40 years. So let's try it. We will spend our own money. We'll put in 11,500, get the pump tuned up, get all the permits. We'll do all the work. The city keeps saying, Oh, well, it's just going to be impossible to get the permits. Well, it's going to cost too much money that, you know, it's just like I've talked to government officials before and they, they actually start to talk like they're on drugs. They don't make any sense at all. They don't even hear you what you're saying. Well, it's going to, well, it's probably going to, they start using words like, well, we're concerned about this. Well, it's probably going to be this way. It just, they, they don't speak in terms of, of uh, facts or reality or they're certain, right? Because 
the fact is, my feeling is, people like EKI and the city manager, we should be able to sue them when they keep talking like this and block common sense. Because in the end, they get paid, and then they go on about their way and leave the area, and we get screwed with the outcome, which is a big screwed-up aquarium, right? That's why we got across the street. We got a, a really stupid thing they did, even even where they had the B Street uh, empty lot, is they put up a really sad uh, series of art things, uh, supposedly for the veterans. It's just out in the middle of nowhere. It's just out in the heat. It's not covered. It's just these little placards they painted to honor veterans. It's just one stupid thing after another. People in the, the people that did the work had their heart in the right place. They donated their time. But when you drive by, it's something you might see out at Burning Man or something. Some weird, just, you know, the average person driving by can't even figure out what they're doing. The city of Marysville, in fact, it's, it's interesting. This is a city, like a lot of cities, that has a 20-page ordinance just on signage. They would rather run a ta- If you can't comply with the signage here, to hell with you. Go to Yuba City. Go to Yuba County. Go somewhere else. If you don't comply with the signage, like I had a guy that wanted to put up an ice cream sign. He had an ice cream shop on D Street. So he, he wanted to put up in the second story of his building, but facing the bridge where you come in on E Street. He wanted to, to remind people there's ice cream over here on D Street. They made him take it down. So eventually close. You know, the bottom line is if you can't keep get customers into your business, however you get them there, you're going to eventually close. That's a loss to the city. But they'll just go back and say, let's just have all these vacant buildings downtown here, and we'll hire. They just hired another. Uh, we just did this bounce back. We hired, spent a couple hundred thousand dollars. That's now three-ring binder sitting on the shelf down there. Now we're hiring another consultant. They're doing a pilot project with a few businesses downtown. If they would just leave businesses to hell alone and quit taxing them and harassing them with regulations and every time they put up a sandwich board or a little flag outside or a sign, they got people running around there jerking them around. If they'd quit doing that and invite businesses in and uh, just leave them alone. So they got a weird sign. It's not the end of the world. Hopefully they'll make some money and pay some taxes and back to the city, right? But no, 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 they just keep running people out of town, running people out of town, running people out of town. Say, well, we're not anti-business. Yeah, your policies are anti-business. It's just all you need to do. It's just like the, the government acts like God actually put those policies into place. And there's something sacred about them. There's nothing sacred about any of the policies. There's nothing sacred about anything. It's just their idea that they all agreed on it, so therefore it's like it's a part of the Ten Commandments. It's not a part of the Ten Commandments. It's just baloney. It's just it's just baloney. And so uh, the the government here continually runs people out of town and makes really bad bad decisions. And uh, it's shocking how bad it is. In fact, I've I've I contend that there's a spiritual curse on the city. You can't make this many bad decisions. You could make more good decisions by just simply not even reading the the agenda packet for the city council and just flipping a coin. You'd have a higher uh, positive decision rate. But people just can't figure it out. So uh, 
Anyway, I, uh, I, I got off track. I was going to talk about uh, the recall with Governor Newsom. I'm going to go back to that. And uh, so I want to tell you how you can uh, sign a recall with Governor Newsom because now he's taken away uh, tax dollars that was supposed to go to our roads, and he's putting them into these other areas. So uh, there's, there's many reasons to, to recall Governor Newsom. But if you want to get involved in that, uh, I'm going to tell you how to do that in a second here if I can find it. But now I can't find it. So, um, huh, that's crazy. So I'll have to do it after the break because I put it right in here to talk to you about it and I cannot find it. So uh, anyway, we'll be right back. I, we're in our, at our second break here, and uh, you'll love this because it's gonna, I'm going to talk about this later. Uh, it's, it's Jason Whitlock and Tucker Carlson talking about the hypocrisy and cow- cowardice of the NBA regarding China. So we'll be right back. Jason Whitlock is the host of Speak for Yourself on Fox Sports 1, and he joins us tonight. So, Jason, this seems inexcusable behavior from the NBA. What's your view of it? Well, I think the cultural impact that China's influence over a great sport, a great American sport like basketball, is just now being exposed and just how dependent the NBA is on the Chinese economy and Chinese money uh, to put on the appearance of how great the league is doing without the Chinese money and without, because you you really have to understand the shoe companies, Nike, Adidas, they run American basketball from the high school level all the way to the pros, and the shoe companies are dependent on the China market. And that's where all of this is coming from. You see NBA players constantly over the summer during their offseason running to China to do the bidding of their shoe companies and to sell their shoes in the China market. And so the NBA is really being exposed as not nearly as much of American business as it is a global business with China perhaps having more influence over it than even America. Which is shocking, given that, of course, and it's shocking because I don't think most people know that. No. But also shocking, given that the NBA was, of course, incubated in this country. wouldn't have been possible in any other. Basketball was invented in Springfield, Massachusetts, in a YMCA. It's the most American of all sports. And I don't know that there's any basketball arena that wasn't subsidized by American taxpayers. So, like, how, how could they possibly take this position? Well, Tucker, the cultural impact of this and what a great teachable moment it is for most American citizens. When people start talking about being a global citizen, I don't think people really understand what that means for American culture. And I think for a lot of the everyday 
typical American sports fan, this is an educational experience. This is what people have been talking about. We can't let our corporations, our country being totally driven by China because it's driving our culture. These basketball players, LeBron James, James Harden actually apologized on behalf of Daryl Morey to the Chinese government. We're apologizing to a communist government, and then we have athletes here and coaches like Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich that rail against our government. We're the bad guys in the minds of these NBA players and coaches and, and their little parade of being so woke. All of it, to me, is at the behest of the shoe companies. They're doing the bidding of the shoe companies and protecting oh. China and demonizing us and our culture and dramatically changing our culture. So we're talking about recalling Governor Gavin Newsom, and the there's a website, Recall Newsom, and it's I always spell his name wrong, so I got it right this time, N-E-W-S-O-M, Recall Newsom, one word, dot U-S. And at that site, you can download uh, a petition, and you could sign it yourself. You need to be a registered voter. It is a unique size uh petition and you have to have the petition printed out on the proper size paper so uh if you don't have the proper size paper you don't have a printer they will actually send you a petition that you could fill out with just your one signature or you could get a few friends to sign on as well you can register to vote and at the same time you sign the the petition as long as your registration to vote gets in and gets uh, notated before the signatures start getting processed, which won't, probably won't be here for a while, but uh, in January, I think. So, but but I would get your registration in right away, so to make sure if they start checking, uh, you're in, you're registered to vote. You have to sign a, just like you're registered to vote. So if you have a nickname or you you left your mitten, you know you don't. However, you registered, do it the same, right? However, you registered. And uh, so recallnewsom.us. The way this works is if if we get enough good signatures, uh, they have to be registered voters spelled correctly. Then he the question of whether to recall him would go on the ballot for everybody to vote on. Then uh, everybody would vote during that election. And if a majority, 50 percent plus one, vote to recall Newsom, then there would also be during that election other people on the ballot that would like to take a spot uh, that you could vote for as well. So then um, if in, in the event he gets recalled, which it would happen on the same ballot, then whoever has the most votes on those other folks that are running, for, doesn't matter what party they're from, they would become, that person would become the next governor, Okay. And that's how that's how that works. Now, Newsom um, is a full blown 
uh, far liberal. He's the guy, if, if you know, somebody said to me the other day, Lou, you, really, what's, you can't blame him for all this stuff because I, I did a handout at our church about some of the policies and the outcomes uh, of our state that, that are terrible. And she said, hey, he really didn't cause all this. Well, here's, here's the problem. When you when you spend eight years as I don't know what what you feel about San Francisco today or if you know much about it it's it's actually uh, the only reason I go there is I fly out of there I would never go there for a visit anymore uh, it's it's uh, horrible it's a horrible place and it's it's just a total ripoff to go there but the the way San Francisco is today uh, he had eight years to correct it. And and his policies uh, sent us down this path of homelessness, people shooting drugs, people crapping in the streets. That's that's Gavin Newsom. After eight years as mayor of of San Francisco, actually before that he was a supervisor for I don't know how many years. I don't know how many terms they have four or four or six year terms. And so he had many many years in San Francisco to make a difference. Obviously, he didn't. Uh, now he he's had eight years as lieutenant governor of the state of California under Jerry Brown. Uh, to you say, well, he wasn't the governor. No, but he has influence, and uh, and he was governor. Governor Brown endorsed him on his way out. So uh, Gavin Newsom is that the head of the spear of the problems in California. He gets to share those with about forty forty to fifty years worth of liberals that are that have. Uh, rotated in and out of the uh, state capitol and now they have a what they call a supermajority. that means that they have enough votes to vote two-thirds that's to you need two-thirds vote to override a veto for instance or to institute new tax policy they have that vote without any conservative voters without cons- any conservative legislators joining them on any issue so that's a uh, recall newsom and uh Locally here, if you're listening to this and you're Yuba County, Sutter County, or you're near Yuba County, you could actually go by uh, Elite Universal Security, which is Monty Hecker's uh, security operation. It is located headquarters in Yuba County, but operates from Sacramento all the way north to the to end of the southern Oregon. Elite Universal Security is at 5548 Feather River Boulevard, 5548 Feather River. And there's signs out in front of the building that has a large photo or a sketch of Gavin Newsom, and it says recall on there. You can go in there any day of the week and sign the petition there and be done with it instead of getting your own petitions if you can get over there. So uh, if you want a job also, he's looking for people to employ. They Their business is expanding. If you want to get into the guard business, maybe they need a dispatcher. I don't know all the people they need. They got mechanics. They have all kinds of folks, armed guards, unarmed guards, patrol people, checking houses, checking businesses that they're safe, that they're secure. Uh, if you want a job, you can, you can dial them up over there. Uh, it's a Landline 530-749-0280, So uh, Monty is is a key guy, elite Universal Security, in coordinating this uh, recall. He also worked really hard on the repeal of the gas tax, even though it lost. He worked very hard on that, 
and uh, we're proud of him. Uh, Monty is a uh, retired military man out of the Air Force, and uh, so they got some military people working out there running that operation. So I just encourage you, if you need a job, uh, they got jobs all the way up and down California. They're advertising for them in, in Lathrop, California, Sacramento, Butte County, Sutter County, Yuba County, part-time uh, part-time and full-time spots. They will train you. If you've said, man, I think I'd like to do that, but I just don't, uh, I don't know much about it. I need to get some training. They will train you. They have their own school. And they also, for folks that uh, even don't want to work for them, but would like to, um, would like to get involved and um, have their own gun, right? And have a concealed weapon permit, carry their gun, uh, in a concealed fashion, they will help you with the training out there. And, uh, they have a training coming up here towards the end of the month and it's the 26th and 27th of this month. So if you need to just requalify, recertify, they can do that on the 27th. Or if you need the full meal deal, you come in on the Saturday, get the classroom, then go out the range on, on Sunday on the 27th. So they'll help you with that. They also have other classes. You can check their classes out at api-academy.com, api-academy.com, and uh, you can uh, you can get started. That's what I would do if I was you. But I'm not you, and I'm not shooting on you, just like I don't want you to shoot on me. So uh, <clears throat> let's see. I also wanted to talk about this EKI Still talking about Yuba County, Northern California, Marysville, California. Somebody wrote, really stupid, that we were talking about, there's a small park. It's about a, a block square park or so in East Marysville. It's one of half dozen, six, I don't know, six to ten parks we have in the city. Some people say we actually don't need this many parks. But uh, that issue aside, uh, we've quit watering parks here because the city's so broke it can't afford, not only can't afford to water them, but can't afford the high egregious rates that Cal Water Service, an independent water company, is charging. So the city has been looking at p putting wells and pumps and, and just hooking up the existing irrigation system <clears throat> and pumping their own water, which, as I mentioned earlier, we have a very high water table because we have rivers on each side of the of the city here and so we have a, a a very generous aquifer and so the this eki this is so amazing when you get into government you know since it's not your money uh, you just don't give a damn about it and uh so when it is your money like uh, it, you know when you look at whether you know i was on the board of a church for years i tend to always look at things like as my money right because I don't like to get rid of my money unless I'm getting real value for it, right? And it's not, like I say, it's not so much how much money you earn in the world. It's how little you spend to get what you need, right? So if you can buy pants at a third off or, or a third of what you could pay, you can buy three pairs of those pants for the price of one, right? Same way with buying gas or whatever. And so this, this uh, EKI group... Uh, convinced the city to go get a um, to go get a grant from the Department of Water Resources, and it's a four hundred thousand dollar grant, safe water grant or something like that, which is fine, right? 
We, they take all these taxes from us. You don't have a choice how it's going to be spent. You don't even have a choice whether you want to give it. They're going to take it and put you in jail or put you in jail. So uh, they get this $400,000 grant. But instead of having the grant written, <clears throat> so it put wells in as many of the, the parks as it, as it could fund, right? In my view, I could if they gave that money to me, I could put a well in every single park in this city for half that money. And, and give it back to the state, Get the, give the rest back to the state. EKI was going to spend um, nearly or all of that $400,000 on themselves standing around over there, whacking off or something, uh, watching a well driller drill for water and then and making sure he did everything correctly. And uh, we drill wells in this valley for farming for houses, for all kinds of things, continually. We got all kinds of well drillers in this in this small community. And I've had wells that I've assisted with ordering well drilling done uh, for microjet irrigation systems, 18 acres of them, far bigger than any park around here. It's crazy. We've, we've had put in well systems for our church that, are for firefighting, um, sprinklers, all kinds of stuff. And we don't need to hire no engineering firm. But some idiot went on social media when they said it was going to take $400,000 for this Gavin Park, and he said, well, you know, that seems kind of like what, gov- what, what it takes government nowadays. I thought, well, the hell what, what, what it takes government. It's like, what does it cost the private sector to irrigate a, a five-acre park, whatever it is over there? It, it, you don't they got it so over designed it's it's just absurd you an elementary school kid could read through this and find the weirdness in it it's it's the biggest ripoff it's no wonder that we're going broke in every area of government but the city council is just going to go right along with it just go along to get along not a bit of common sense it's just like a guy's a contractor or a businessman in the private sector he watches every nickel he knows how to wheel and deal and put things together, but you get over to the government side and the people lose their friggin' mind. It's like they drank the Kool-Aid. And it doesn't take very long. All of a sudden, oh, well, you know, it just takes government. So I remember years ago, I was uh, wanting to start this thing called Trauma Intervention Program. I was a chaplain at Yuba City Fire Department, and, and I, I got introduced to this idea. They, they had one of these trauma intervention programs where they trained citizens to go out on 911 calls. So they had one going on in San Diego. They just started one in Portland. I learned, and now they were going to, they were getting ready to start in Las Vegas, Nevada. I got a business card for the guy that came up with the idea. He's down in San Diego. And, uh, Anyway, I called him, and he didn't think it would work because we're in a rural area. We would serve about 160,000 over in Las Vegas. They serve about 2 million. He didn't know it would work up here, but I went down and checked it out. So I brought the idea back, and I remember uh, a guy told me that was connected to Yuba City Police Department. He said, well, Lou, you're just awful anxious to get things started and get things done, and you know, you just don't understand how government works. I said, no, 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 I, I understand exactly how government works, and I don't like any any part of it. He said, well, you know, it just takes a long time to get anything done. I don't know whether that's written somewhere in our Constitution that uh, we want to make sure that whatever we do takes forever. Uh, 
being slow at getting stuff done does not mean you do it right. And so some guy says, well, you know, that seems about right for, for a commercial well. I thought, what do we need a commercial well for, right? 150 gallons per minute when all we need is we, need, we, we don't even need a couple few gallons a minute. Why do we need 150 gallons a minute? We're not, we're not irrigating like 500 acres. It's like crazy. People, are, people have lost their minds. But they're going to go ahead and do it. I think they're going to put an aquarium in Ellis Lake. And uh, here's the interesting thing. After you make an aquarium, would you swim in your aquarium if you could have a big, big enough one at home? After making an aquarium of Ellis Lake, it said that it would not be, the water still would not be clean enough for human contact. Now, I want you to hold that thought. We got all kinds of lakes. We got Camp Far West. We got Lake Menden. We have... Bullard's Bard Dam. We have Collins Reservoir or Collins Lake. What it's been, you know, I know it by all the names because I was I was there before they built the dam. We have Lake Francis. We have I don't I always get confused whether Sly Creek Reservoir is in our county or not. But there's just dam after dam after lake after lake. It just and then we have Inglebright, right? None of those are treated like an aquarium. But it's just, I'm telling you, the stupid pill. We have a curse on the city. My feeling is we have a curse on the city that there's stupidity because we honor a demon called Bacchae. And uh, some of you don't believe in that stuff until a demon grabs you by the middle of, and around the neck in the middle of the night or causes you to go blackout and do stupid stuff. But uh, anyway, I'll let that go and we'll just move on here for a second. So, uh, Okay, also wanted to mention to you about the Measure K, which was passed um, in the last November election. It passed with not enough votes for the way they described it. It should have had a two-thirds vote of the majority, but it got 53%. And yet the government here in Yuba County said that's good enough for us. That's It's a general—when when they wanted to say it's a general fund tax— uh, general tax as opposed to a special tax uh, they would call it a general tax when they wanted to convince people that they, they weren't going to mismanage money they'd call it a special tax and it's going to go into special funds so they got themselves caught and um, after they on in april money started to be taken out of people's pockets and um let's see where did i write it down okay i wrote it down as of October 10th, since April, over $1.5 million at a pace of $240,000 a month or $3,000 or $8,000 per day, money that you would have had to go to a concert, buy your kids some shoes, buy your wife some flowers, uh, fix your car, whatever, buy yourself some new tools, uh, that money is now going to Yuba County government. And so a lawsuit was filed by uh, Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association and two local uh, men, John Missler, who uh, owns the Territorial Dispatch newspaper, and Charles Matthews, Charlie Matthews, who is an international businessman and grows a lot of rice and has rice uh, facility, rice processing facility in here, here in Yuba County. They filed a lawsuit saying that 
the ordinance was written wrong, and it was written wrong. And uh, people say, well, Lou, you just have your own, own opinion. You're just negative and all that. Yeah, I have my own opinion, and I'm not afraid to share it. Most of you out there haven't got the balls to share anything or stand up. That's why we're in a bad sh- shape here in this country. And so I, I'm not backing down, uh, and I'm going to share my opinion. You don't like it? That's fine. I'm good. I'm good with that. I'm not losing any sleep over all that. And um, so uh, Judge Stephen Barrier, who's been a veteran judge, an attorney in the area for many decades, uh, decided that, yes, indeed, it was an invalid. It, it was He invalidated the tax, but but typically of this corrupt government of California. For instance, if you pass if you pass something that says that a child can't have an abortion in California unless their parents are notified, that would probably pass. It's passed before, but they won't allow that become law until the 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 judge hears about it. The courts fight it out, right? So it doesn't go into law until the courts decide. Then they overrule the populace. But in taxes, if a tax passes, but then somebody contests that it was not accurately portrayed or something, that in the meantime, as it's getting fought out in court, the difference from the the other cultural situation in a tax situation, they start collecting the money right away, even though the tax may be totally illegal, which it is in this case. So I, I, I had I wonder, well, where are they going to put the money? Well, supposedly, I've heard all kinds of stories, but supposedly it's getting given to Yuba County and it's held in some trust fund. Now, I thought, well, what about if they finally declare it illegal, 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 and it isn't going to. In other words, who keeps the money? Can you go back and get it? Well, lots of our taxes. It's just a dollar here, five dollars here, two dollars here, unless you buy a car and it's three hundred or four hundred dollars. Right. And uh, the end result is the Yuba County government is going to get that money no, in spite of the fact that they ripped us totally off. Isn't that interesting? So we're going to come back to that in just a minute, but we're going to take a little break, and I'm going to play you a clip about uh, all these registered voters that are all illegal. Just hold that thought. Be right back. audit reveals massive flaws with California's motor voter system at the DMV. One America's Pearson Sharp explains as officials uncover over a quarter of a million voter registration errors across the state. California's massively flawed motor voter system strikes again. A new state audit uncovered some 84,000 duplicate records at the Department of Motor Vehicles. Worse yet, there were over double that 171,000 cases of voters assigned to the wrong political party. 
The 113-page audit only examined the first five months of the new program, meaning it's likely to discover even more serious errors before the end of the year. The report calls on state officials to give the entire system an overhaul to prevent any further registration mistakes. Secretary of State Alex Padilla, who has pushed hard for the program, says these errors created additional workloads for already overworked state employees. He added the mistakes threatened public confidence in the program. Part of the problem with the program is that it was rushed into service three months ahead of schedule to be ready for the June 2018 primaries, which didn't give developers enough time to work out its issues. California's motor voter system was created in 2015 with the goal of automatically registering residents to vote when they renewed their driver's licenses. But it's been riddled with issues since then, from duplicating registrations to switching voters' political parties to even allowing non-citizens to register to vote. In one instance last October, around 1,500 non-citizens were mistakenly registered to vote. But that's not the only case, and the Secretary of State's office admitted there are illegal aliens living in California who are now successfully registered to vote, with nothing to stop them but their own conscience. This latest audit follows a report in May that found a loophole in California's laws that allows voters to cast two ballots. First noticed back in 2016, the problem gives vote-by-mail Californians the chance to come in and vote at the polls in person as well. So far, the air has allowed hundreds of residents to literally vote twice in California elections. The solution is simple, and though Alex Padilla has been made aware of the issue, he refuses to address it. Until the loophole in California's voting system is fixed, it will continue to be exploited, possibly affecting or even altering the outcomes of elections across the state. And with the next presidential primary fast approaching, legislators have just months to correct the problem. Pearson Sharp, One American News. Oh my gosh. Uh, What's been, where's all your money gone, Daddy? Taxes. Nine, ten, eleven. Let me fix my houses. Bug, it's okay. It's part of the game. No, it's not. It it's is. Not fun to... It's not fun to what? <laughs> it's the worst part of the game. Oh, it's what? Taxes. Welcome back. So I was talking about taxes and throughout the state of California in hundreds of jurisdictions, jurisdictions are like cities, counties, or a water district. There's districts and cities and counties. So districts kind of cover like fire districts, water districts, that type of thing. So what's happened is, is the state of California has been continually mismanaged and, and government salaries have gone just totally off the cliff in, in terms of like they've gone like way sky high. Firefighter in L.A. can make $450,000 a year. Some people retire making $800,000 a year. I'm not saying everybody. I'm saying people. It's there. That's wrong. Because it's a tax dollars that are having to pay for that for the rest of their life. So all these things are, are getting out of control. And the, the uh, CalPERS is mismanaged and it's corrupt. It's being run by unions. Wherever unions are involved, there's corruption. Whether it's teachers union... Laborers union, truckers union, whatever. 
And so the unions are in control of these these entities, and they're not making much money, their return. And uh, now the pensions are very high. They get a very high percentage of their, um, their their formula is quite high on how they figure their pension. I'm not going to go into it now. I don't think you care about that. I, I know how to describe it, but I've described it before. I'm going to let it go. If you're concerned about it, let me know. I'll tell, tell it to you one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. So what's happening is there's not enough money in the budget to do what these jurisdictions, counties, cities, water agencies, utility agencies, fire agencies, there's not enough money to do their job. So what do they do? They go and get a local tax passed where they get 100% of that additional tax. So if the state, state of California tax is 7.25 on everything you buy, and they add one more percent at your local county or city, that that additional one percent, the state gets nothing of that that, that stays local. And so it's been a way that that they can people could choose to tax themselves to get them out of a fix. So the county uh, chose not to be transparent about this, Yuba County, and chose to be deceitful about it and portrayed it as a public safety tax. But the fact is, it's not uh it's not reserved just for pub public safety, even though they said they're going to pray promise to put it aside in a se separate fund, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, they so what Judge Barry said, you can't have your key cake. You can't have your cake and eat it at the same time. So therefore, they said the, he said the ordinance is inaccurate. Now, this, the county of Yuba voted in closed session, which I think was if not illegal, completely unethical, but we don't have a, a district attorney that got the balls to uh, prosecute it. And, uh, and, and federal, the uh, fair P political practices commission, FPPC, they don't have any enforcement arm. So even though it's improper, they should have had a discussion. There's nothing secret about this case, about the, uh, the appeal, uh, carrying this forward and paying hundreds of thousands more dollars in an appeal. They could have discussed that in open session. There wasn't an employee issue. It wasn't a, a, a molestation issue. It wasn't a, somebody suing the, uh, the county and wanting a big payoff and punitive damages. It was a total open thing. We'd had an election. There had been debate. There had been town hall meetings, and they had to go into closed session and hide their decision. And so they decided to appeal this. Now, where do you think they're getting the money to pay all the lawsuit? That's why it's illegal. The, the Constitution of not only the state of California, but the United States of America says that you cannot take the taxpayer's money because it's a violation of free speech, because your money is actually your speech. It's an extension of your speech. You can't take the money of, you, of the taxpayer and use it to campaign against them for a tax measure. It's just wrong. It's perverted. And it says you can't do that. But no law is worth anything if, no, if a person that's supposed to uh, prosecute the law or carry it out doesn't do anything about it. So the, so the county, in closed session, being cowards, the county supervisors, voted to uh, appeal. So every month that goes by, 
it's $240,000 more out of our pocket and given to the county, which most of that money is going to go into pensions. It's not going to fix a road. It's not going to do Jack Diddley. It's just going to go into pensions and health insurance. Total ripoff. I want to talk to you about China and the NBA because China uh, – You're going to have to decide as a human being, as a citizen of somewhere, wherever you're sitting, Missouri, Texas, Idaho, Utah, wherever you're listening from. You're going to have to decide whether you think America is unique. Now, if you never got taught proper history uh, or the Constitution, then you probably think America is just like any old country like France or Greece or Malawi someplace uh and you probably don't think it's very unique here and that's sad it just shows you you haven't got out much and you're ignorant uh but i've both had the chance to get a pretty good education before the education system collapsed here in the early 70s in california and uh now it's just it's just a welfare system for the teachers it's 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 a shadow of the education we used to get It's, it's just a it's just a figment of the imagination. And uh, so uh, if you don't get out much, you don't think America is unique and uh, you don't think these freedoms that and the trust of the capitalism people it's all in the young people. It's easy to be against capitalism. You don't even know how to spell the word, nor do they know any of the C words are pretty weak on communism, capitalism. And so um they think, oh, yeah, well, you know, we just want to have a socialist society. Well, it's interesting when you start talking to people about, well, what are you willing to give up? Like all these people that talk big about socialism are wealthy. They're really wealthy. They're bazillionaires, right? And there are some wealthy people in these communist countries and socialist com- com- countries, even though they're talking about we're all, we're, all, we're all brothers. We're suffering together. You know, we're all for the common man. But they aren't. They live differently. And there's people getting busted all the time with millions and billions of dollars stashed around in China. And they got people living on dirt floors, uh, supposedly all for the cause, for the same cause. So the fact is, China is not just an economic different country. It, it is a totalitarian regime. That means that they pick you up off the street. You don't get any due process. You don't get any rights. You don't get any chance to tell your story you just disappear that's just the way it is people in prison that are religious and political prisoners today are are dying in prison not by because they aren't eating they're killing them and they're killing them to take their organs out of their body and sell them to westerners so if you need a kidney and you can't find one over there and you really want one and you don't mind you've your conscience is seared They'll kill a full-on uh, a Buddhist or a Muslim or a Christian or someone that's pro-democracy. They'll kill them, pull their kidneys out, and give you one of them or two of them or give you whatever you need if you match up kind of close on a DNA. So prisoners thought it was odd when they started checking all their DNAs, right? Well, they thought maybe they're thinking that I killed somebody. But what they're doing is they're, they're keeping a record of everybody's DNA so they can part them out. Just like we're parting people out here. You know, it's always so interesting. Americans just, 
They can't see their own folly. So we we don't think it's bad for the for uh, Planned Parenthood to part out babies and even harvest them alive, bring them out of the womb alive, then kill them, then get their ba- get their parts uh, and keep them working for a while so science can do research. So they're making money off the abortion, making money off the government, off the taxpayers, and then making money selling the parts. I brought up one time on the radio one time how the Chinese eat children. And people thought I was, you know, people just thought, oh, well, Lou doesn't know the whole story. He's nuts. I just get so sick of it, you know, because nobody really writes their own articles to the paper to the paper to clarify these things. So when I either say it in the paper or like somebody said, well, Lou doesn't know the whole story on Ellis Lake. I thought, for God's sake, person, I I know actually I know more about it than you do. And you're sitting on the city council for chase. People are nuts, though. So so Chinese will eat anything that walks and moves. And so the Chinese government is not putting up with any kind of um, protests. And you think, well, Lou, they're down there protesting in Hong Kong. I, and I'll tell you, it's I've been shocked. I've been on some of the same streets in Hong Kong that those protests are going on. Those beautiful streets, beautiful landscaping, clean as a pen. Uh, need is a pen. It just, it's just, uh, it's, it's a tragedy what's going on in Hong Kong. And I'm shocked that the tanks haven't rolled in there, but they're going to, there, there's no way that this is going to go on. And at Tiananmen square, look it up, look up tank, man, Google tank, man, and look up Tiananmen square, thousands and thousands of students. You didn't hear about it because we had no computers hooked up back then in 1989 or whatever it was. They they went in with flamethrowers, burned people alive, folks, and melted down all their tents, burned everything up. And at the if you've ever been at Tiananmen Square, which is the big square in the center of uh, Beijing, next to the Forbidden City, there's big concrete slabs there. Maybe they're twelve by twelve. Maybe they're bigger. It's been a long time since I've been up there. I've been up there many times, but it's been a, it's been a while. And uh, they just simply brought in backhoes and popped up those sections like you would pieces of tile off a floor and replaced them with clean concrete. And you'd never know that they burned people to death up there. There were bullet holes in the hotel I stayed in just two blocks off Tiananmen Square. It was a beautiful hotel. And uh, we were smuggling contraband in there for the underground church. And, and you could see the bullet holes in the uh, concrete uh, up and down the up and down the hotel were stray bullets. They were shooting people down there during Tiananmen Square. Now, that's what's going to happen here in Hong Kong. This is a repressive government. You, If you say something, if you say in Vietnam or China, you say something critical of the government, they will pick you up, and that will be it. You don't have any rights. You don't have any recourse. You're going to be in trouble. And uh, the, the estimates now are that there's a million, a million Uyghur people you think, oh, I don't know what Uyghurs is. Well, just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it isn't happening. Uyghur people, you may not even know how to spell it, uh, but they're Muslim people living in what area you would, we would know as Mongolia that China took over years ago and won't let them have independence. They want independence. That's where the Dalai Lama and these people are from, up there, Tibet, and that whole area, the Mongolia area. 
and they're anti-Dalai Lama. You go over there and strut your Dalai Lama talk over there in China, you will get yourself picked up. You go there and hand out Christian scriptures, hand tracts, what we call tracts on the street, or start preach on the street over there, you'll get yourself picked up. As a white person or a foreigner of whatever flavor you are, they may just take your visa and kick you out of the country. But if you're one of their people, you're going to go to prison, and that's it's just over. It's just over. Now, this whole thing of the where uh, I, I don't remember his first name, but he's the manager of the Houston Rockets. Maury is his last name. He simply tweeted, and I thought, well, God bless you, man. When I when I heard what he treated, when he t- heard what he tweeted, uh, I saw. I thought, man, God bless you, that you you're tuned in to what's happening in a pro democracy movement. You know, it's interesting to me. We got the we got these youngsters, twenties and thirties, running the streets with stuff over their face to hide them because they're <laughs> they got no backbone. And they want to go hit you with a bat and then run off so you don't know who it was. Or spray some chemical in your face. The Antifa people. And they're burning the American flag and people like Colin Kaepernick's in this group and other people multi-millionaires that are saying this country is really trash, but they, they, they've earned a living on just playing a game. And at the same time, there's protests going on in countries that are totalitarian countries. And the people on the streets of America are saying, that's what we want is a totalitarian country. In fact, the last time I was on with my friend in Vietnam, I was going down the road. I said, I said, I won't mention his name on the air, but I, I said to X, I said, do you know that people in the United States want to be, they're protesting on the streets, wanting to be like Vietnam? And he just started laughing because he's done prison time for his faith. He it just thought it was so stupid it, it because it is stupid. Yet in, in Asia right now, they love America because they've learned about America because of the uh, Internet. In Russia, when I went there right after the fall of communism, before computers, uh, before they had the Internet, at least where, where it wasn't widespread, um, they, they were brought, telling the people that America was suffering worse than they were because they were only living on like $50, $60 a month. They're barely having enough to eat in Russia. In fact, where we stayed, this is what ticks me off about PG&E and, and California state government. Where we stayed was in a high-rise stack-and-pack apartment building, and uh, we rented one of the apartments uh, to set up an operation over there. There was no heat turned on in the apartment most of the time. It was all government-controlled uh, utilities from the capital in Moscow there. And so if they wanted to jerk you around, if they got PO'd at your apartment operation where you were staying, it's all government owned, right? They would just, or they got tied on money, they'd just let you freeze to death. And so it was, it was, we were up there in Moscow in the wintertime, I think it was January, and we just slept, we, we took all our clothes out of our suitcase and just layered up and slept in the apartment. It was just, it was just like sleeping outside. 
because the government just decided they're going to they're going to uh, cut the utilities off for a while. Right. That's a totalitarian government. That's what you got here right now in California. They just they decide, oh, they always call it a crisis. They always it doesn't matter what they what they're going to what right or freedom they're going to take. They're going to say we're doing it because there's a crisis. That's why I have to do it. So we're going to take all the guns because somebody decides to shoot somebody, even though hardly anybody really kills somebody with guns. Most people get killed with blunt objects or people's fists or or shoot, you know, feet or fists or they're stabbed to death. The vast majority of people are killed that way. Hardly anybody's killed with a gun compared. But you don't talk about feet, feasts, fists, blunt objects, uh, stomping on people, stomping people to death. We don't talk about that. Uh, beating them with a tire iron or a baseball bat. We talk about guns, right? So they always couch it in the thing that we're in, we have a crisis. So therefore, we're going to have to take everything away from you. We have a crisis. Global warming, uh, even though it's a government instigated crisis, we're now, we're sorry. They don't even say sorry. They don't even say that. They just say, we're take for your safety, for your safety, we're, we're going to turn off the utilities, right? And um, so now we have China, which uh, the NBA and all these different co- companies that are globalist countries. See, I, I started asking you what, what you really, if you don't believe the U.S. is different in the way they treat their people, even though we're a long ways from what the founders said, if you don't believe we're any different, you're just lost. You're lost without hope. Because we're a long ways from where pe- how people are being treated and uh, even, even dictatorships like uh, Venezuela. But when you get into communism, socialism, uh, you got zero rights. You got zero rights. I always tell these people in Yuba County Jail, these illegal immigrants over here, right, who I make friends with. I said, you know, when I go overseas and my countries I go to, there is no negotiations. There is no court system that's going to hear my complaint. There is no due process. If my visa, if they find a problem with that visa, I either get on that plane and get out of town or I pay a lot of money and they fix the visa even though they screwed it up in the first place. It's never their fault. It's always your fault. And if they ever decide they they want to pull that visa, they will pull that visa. And you have no due process. My friends that have gone through the Chinese border and they decide they want to pull their visa, they just they void the visa and they, they ex- escort them out of mainland China, back into Hong Kong, tell them to get out, get the hell out of town. That's it, There is no recourse. There is no negotiation. There is no filing an injunction. There is no, is no, is no, is no, right? But if you're so ignorant that you don't know how, you've never got out much, then it's, you're at a disadvantage because you're going to get take, you're going to get taken advantage of by the government. Uh, and they're going to rip you off and you're going to, uh, you're just going to you're you're going to spend some spend of your life and your money and and you're going to get uh, punked is what they say you're going to get punked we'll be right back everybody's high on consolation everybody's trying to tell me what is right for me yeah 
says you are trained in technology. That's very good. Are you adept at Excel? No. PowerPoint? No. Publisher? Not really. Exactly in what area of technology mm -hmm. are you proficient? <laughs> Snapchat, Pinterest, Instagram, Vine, Twitter. You know the big ones. I'm surprised you didn't say Facebook. people like my parents <laughs> that's funny well Amy when you're working for me you have to have those kind of research skills because I'll send you things for you to comb through and get the answers and send them to me so for that you got to be really good at technology for stuff like that no problem I'll just ask Siri you'll just ask Siri you know Siri tell me this Siri find me that we're all good getting you the answers tell Siri I want you ready to go at eight, sharp, each and every morning. I don't understand. What don't you understand? What you just said. You don't understand, be ready to go? No. You said eight, right? Yes. Eight like in the morning, eight? Yes, in the morning. Yeah. That kind of doesn't work for me. Who gets up at eight? I do. I Skype with my French boyfriend in Paris until like three in the morning. I don't even get to Starbucks until like 10 where I order my grande chai tea latte, three pumps, skim milk, light water, 2% foam, extra hot, but not too hot. So if it's okay, I work best in the morning at 10.45. <laughs> wow. Amy, I don't think we're gonna be a good fit. Why are you so negative? I can sense your hostilities and right now I am not feeling very safe. I've been here for over five minutes and the only nice thing you have said to me was nice resume, which I typed all night for this meeting with you. You've given me no guidance, no validation, no encouragement, no supervision. Is there an HR director somewhere? HR director? Yes, I need to speak to someone. I may have to take off today as a mental health day. Take the day off, you... Amy, Amy, look at me. You don't work here. Are you firing me? Okay, yes. If it doesn't come bursting out of you, in spite of everything, don't do it. Unless it comes unasked out of your heart and your mind and your mouth and your gut, don't do it. If you're doing it for money or fame, don't do it. If you're doing it because you want women in your bed, don't do it. If it's hard work just thinking about doing it, don't do it. If you're trying to write like somebody else, forget about it. If you have to wait for it to roar out of you, then wait patiently. If it never does roar out of you, do something else. If you first have to read it to your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your parents or to anybody at all, you're not ready. 
Don't be dull and boring and pretentious. Don't be consumed with self-love. Don't do it. Unless it comes out of your soul like a rocket. Don't do it. Unless the sun inside you is burning your gut. Don't do it. When it is truly time, if you have been chosen, it will do it by itself. And then it will keep on doing it until you die. For it dies in you. There is no other way. And there never was. fifth segment right now and we're talking about the the hypocrisy of american corporations and i i'll just let's start off by colin kaepernick colin kaepernick decided uh when he was failing as a a football quarterback that he was going to use his platform there on the field to uh describe how despicable of a country even though he'd been uh adopted by white parents had a good childhood uh Somehow he wanted to go back hundreds of years and uh, imagine what suffering was like of a person of color, even though he's kind of a a mixed race dude. He's kind of a half-baked dude. Um, Anyway, he wanted to make a big deal about it, but there was really nothing to risk for him. Uh, He was getting all these shoe deals, uh, and he got other people just kicking him down some money. So he's a multimillionaire, right? And uh, started out by being a nobody quarterback up here in Nevada, and so um, so it's interesting. You know, he's he's going to fight against uh, fight for reparations for black people. He's going to fight against the indignity of the police and you know the abuse of the police. And yet, the very people that are paying him, like Nike or Adidas or one of these the various shoe companies, paying him millions of dollars in Vietnam. People that I work with, kids that are really struggling in life, don't complain, don't whine about difficulties of life over there. They just they just do their best. So one of my young friends, she's a female, it's a female, and she gets out of high school, and because she didn't have any family money, no family, dad died, was murdered, uh, she ends up working at a shoe factory of all places. Same shoe shoe factory probably that is giving Colin Kaepernick millions of dollars. You know how they're doing it? Because they only pay my friend Nee about 80 cents an hour. And so in a month, she'll work six, seven days a week, and she'll make maybe $140 U.S. a month. Well, you can't rent an apartment, and you can't have food and transportation and all that with one person in an apartment. You'd have to live with several people in an apartment and all share I'll chip in to be able to pay for that apartment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think in the interest, he's not over there. Now he's benefiting from the exploitation of this corporation 
from the U.S. of A. over there exploiting those people. And then he's over here complaining about exploitation and abuse of human beings, humanitarian issues, right? And he's talking about this fictitious group of people that have some of the greatest uh, record of accomplishment. In fact, if you want to either listen to Larry Elder, Black, Walter Williams, Black, and they'll all say the same thing, Thomas Sowell, Black. They'll say the greatest uh, accomplishment in recent history is what black people who are extracted out of Africa many times by their own people or by people from other nations, but got sold to Americans. The, one of the greatest accomplishments in human hi- recent human history is how far that black people have come in this country. And it was made possible by an instrument we have called the constitution. Did we always follow it perfectly? Nope. It's interesting. I was telling somebody the other day when we were discussing the homeless issue, and one of the sheriffs said, one of the previous sheriffs said something. I it was, I, I like the sheriffs here. I I get along with them. Said something really stupid. He said, well, we're not going to be able to arrest ourselves out of it. Now, I want you to think of all the things in America that are wrong that we arrest people for, and have we ever solved the problem by arresting people out of it? How about drugs? How about uh, molestation, having sex with underage kids? How about raping a woman? How about raping a man? How about stealing? How about wanting something that your neighbor has? How about lying? Do you think we've eradicated any of the Ten Commandments, for instance, or the millions of other laws that we've now added on to the Ten Commandments, even though we couldn't even... I don't know why we added on all the others. We couldn't keep the first 10, right? But we have laws and we still arrest people for murder, right? Even though, like, why don't we just say, why don't we quit arresting anybody and just say, well, we're not going to arrest ourselves out of this. In other words, we're not going to be able to change our society by an arrest. It, it, there's an element of truth in the, in the point, but, but there's always an element of truth in error in air like thinking, right? There's all, all when somebody lies to you, there's the reason you believe it for the moment is there's an element of truth in it. What's the element of truth? And we're not going to be able to arrest ourselves out of it. Well, one of the elements is unless there's a changed heart, unless there's a willingness to follow the law, the founding fathers said we're screwed in this country. There's no way that a republic, a lot of you say we got a democracy. We don't have a democracy here. We have a republic. That's, in other words, people shouldn't be able to vote in Marysville to take my house from me. But in a democracy, they could. They could say if enough, if we could put it on the ballot, let's take, should we take Lou's house and give it to the homeless? If 50% plus one said that, in a democracy, you could do that. But in a constitutional republic, I have rights. I have property rights. And even though people could all agree, 50% plus one could say, we want his house, the Constitution would say, and the law would say, well, you might want it, but you can't have it because you can't do it that way. That's why we put the kibosh on these areas. 
So what we have now in China is all these, you know, I I really got into listening to the San Francisco or the Golden State Warriors here a few years ago when they turned their team around and got really good because I I enjoy watching really good sports, basketball. And I admired Steve Kerr's situation because his dad was assassinated. He was the president of a university in uh, Lebanon when there was a, the Hezbollah people started to flex their muscles, and they came and killed him, shot him in the head. I felt bad for him, but as I've listened to him, he, I, I appreciate his knowledge of basketball and his way to manage the team. I appreciate that about him. Seems like a nice guy. But what I don't like about him is his, his politics, and I don't like him taking shots at Trump all the time, and as, as well as his buddy Greg Popovich. Now, he, they have a right to do whatever they want. Uh, but just because he's, a, <clears throat> he's an all-star basketball player and an all-star coach does not make him an all-star political uh, critic or an analyst, right? He has an opi- his, his opinion, but he's always putting down a democracy, you know, democratic ways, Republican ways, Republic ways. Uh, he's putting down, um, making it like Trump's a racist. He's not. He's talking trash, both him and Popovich. And now it turns around. They don't even support. They don't even really believe in in uh, our Constitution, our way of life here. They they couldn't even support the the students' desire for freedom. It's interesting these people that are ultra rich. I guess they think they can buy their freedom because they really don't uh, they really don't support the basic tenets of a free society anymore. They want to have their freedom. Hollywood wants to have their freedom. The big rich basketball people want to have their freedom to 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 mouth off anytime they want about liberal causes, right? About liberal causes, socialist causes, and be negative on capitalism. Be negative about our country. America is bad, bad, bad. But when, when a when one of the NBA, like the other day, a guy, uh, I think it was a New Orleans Saints football player, he wore a bandana around his head before he put on his helmet, and. Uh, it, a, it was a comment about God. And so they fined him $7,000 because of his, he violated the uh, uniform policy. It's interesting. Kaepernick wore socks around that had uh, called Trump a pig. It's just interesting how you could just trash your own country uh, and then you turn around and you... Uh, you're you're going to shut down your freedom of speech. You're, you're going to like, because why? You're a hypocrite. You're a damn hypocrite. Because they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of millions, maybe billions of dollars off the Chinese people for the NBA. And so they don't want to say anything that's going to hurt their pocketbook. It has nothing to do with principles and ethics. It has everything to do with their pocketbook. And they, they act like, well, like, uh, Kerr, he's such a pussy. He just says, well, 
you know, well, I, I, I that's just a t- really tough situation, and I, I just haven't read too much about it. Please, please go home. Just go home. Just go home to your mama. Like, sad, ridiculous. The very freedom, the whole free enterprise system, the capitalist system, you think you could build an NBA this successful in China? Forget about it. So let's look at this. One gal wrote an article. She says she lists 14 different instances that America's companies self-censored or apologize to kiss the butt of China. She says ESP, ESPN over the last 20 years has become a political mouthpiece in this country. They used to be a great sports station. I don't know. You, I remember when they started. But they have just hacked and hacked on people like Trump. They can't stay on. I, I quit listening to them. I quit listening to San Francisco stations, uh, radio stations, because they cannot stay on sports. They're always tra- trashing Trump and uh, talking politics. I just get sick of it. And so ESPN now has told their their people on the air, "Hey, don't be don't be uh, don't be talking about China." Don't be, don't be speaking it, but, you know, bury the story, bury the story. Vans, the shoe design company. One of the participants in the, uh, the protest in Hong Kong submitted a design, uh, when, when Vans was asking, Hey, uh, their customers submit designs. And if we, you know, we may entertain your designs. So one of them submitted a design alluding to the protests in Hong Kong and Vans scrubbed the design from the system. Now, you would never do that in America. You could send all kinds of designs, and they would pick the one they want, but they would never, like, take it out of the competition. Why would they do that? Because they're making millions in China. The design featured uh, a red bohina, bohina, bohinia, the flower on Hong Kong's flag. If you've ever seen their flag, it's got a, a certain flower. That's their, uh, their national flower. And then it had one, it, it had the flower, but then it had a yellow umbrella uh, uh, with it, which was symbolic of the protest, the, the umbre- umbrella protest. And so they can't do that. He says, a brand, that's, brand is open to everyone. We've never taken a political position. Yeah, they are taking a political position. They're taking a political position to bury freedom. That's what they're doing, burying people's freedom of speech. Paramount movies. You remember the the movie Top Gun many years ago? Decades ago. I guess they're making a new Top Gun. And so uh, on this leather jacket that uh, Tom Cruise wears, it's got patches all over it, right? Well, in the original uh, Cruise movie, they had... uh, an emblem of Taiwan, and they had an emblem of Japan. But in this movie, China complained, and so they weren't allowed. They told Paramount, uh, we want you to remove the uh, emblem or the, the, it's an emblem or a patch that shows the flag of those two countries. And because China does, uh, is in conflict with Taiwan and Japan, they don't want that patch on his coat. You know what happened? They removed that patch from his coat. MGM changes the villain in a movie called Red Dawn, uh, where the book was written, uh, 
involving Chinese troops, with invading Chinese troops. But it says the Chinese were outraged, and with millions of dollars at the Chinese box office on the line, the producer decided to digitally switch out the flags and uniforms to show the national symbols of North Korea instead of China. In other words, they changed the whole uh, theme Instead of Chinese troops invading, it's North Korean troops. Another one, Apple removes emoji, protest map, and data agreements. So one of the the, uh, techies in China submitted an an emoji supporting the protests that people could use. And um, it was an emoji of the Taiwanese flag. And it was created... uh, for users in Hong Kong and Macau. But because of the protests, the Chinese get really sensitive because they they don't believe that Taiwan is a separate country from them. In other words, the Chinese communists believe that wherever China has settled, basically they're into world domination. So wherever there's a Chinese population, they that those are their people. There's a lot of other things of emblems and stuff that Apple has bent bent over to, but there's more. I don't want to spend the whole thing whole time. Uh, Twenty one brands have apologized for disobeying the one China principle. <clears throat> so uh, the one China principle means that Hong Kong and Taiwan. Even though Hong Kong was separate for 90-some years, 99 years, Taiwan's been separate since 1949, uh, China considers those part of their country and will ultimately envelop them, even if it's by military uh, attack. So it says a host of hotel change and airlines were also threatened by Chinese authorities to not list Taiwan as a country on their website. So they said all these companies, well, their hotels, airlines, if they list, we fly into these countries, and they list like they're 30 countries or 50 or 80 countries, they cannot list Taiwan as a separate country on their websites. In other words, China is telling them how to do business. Now, here's some businesses that have been affected this way, that had have had to apologize. Asics Shoes, Gap, Zara, Calvin Klein, Versace, Givenchy. Fresh, Valentino, Swarovski, I don't even know what that is, uh, what that product is, Samsung, Ray-Ban, Qantas, Air France, Air Canada, British Airways, Malaysia Airlines, Japan Airlines, American Airlines, Marriott, Medtronic, Global Blue. Global Blue fired a staff for calling Taiwan a country just by simply saying it's a country. I don't know whether you saw Cathay Pacific, one of the most successful top airlines in the world. Uh, they, they, uh, China told them to fire their uh, white uh, boss, their CEO. The guy either stepped down because of uh, his comment about the protests, or he wasn't an- he wasn't anti-protest enough. Google deletes a game about Hong Kong protests from their app store. You know how all these designers, they create things. So someone created a game called Revolution of Our Times about protests in Hong Kong. And the Chinese saw it and said, 
you got to remove that if you want to do business with us. So they removed it. Like, do you think that would ever go over good here if Donald Trump said, I want you to remove that game? There'd be a fight in court and Trump would probably lose, right? They don't, they don't, come, they don't kowtow to the, uh, the U- U.S. government like this. Another one, number nine, says video game company Blizzard suspends user for saying liberate Hong Kong. This guy just says he just tweeted out something, liberate Hong Kong. Uh, Marvel, the the uh, movie people. Marvel creates white woman character instead of Tibetan monk and Doctor Strange. Remember, I said Tibet, Tibetan monks, Buddhists, all these people are uh, they're anti. The government is anti those people. Tiffany takes down a photo of a mo- model covering one eye. That's been a, a kind of a. Uh, icon of the protests in china and so this gal was showing her hand up by her face and covering one eye showing this beautiful ring but they felt it was too much like the protest so they said get rid of that ad people just got rid of the ad china you think the american government if they said something like that they'd get away with it no way it's amazing and let me tell you why because the same philosophy that drives greg popovich of the San Antonio Spurs and um, Steve Kerr of the Warriors, the progressive uh, philosophy is totalitarianism. It's a, you got to believe a certain way. You got to talk a certain way. You cannot use a certain pronoun. You, you have to call people by a certain name. Uh, you, uh, you have to do this and you have to do that. And you have to see this and you have to say that. And you have to, if if you do this, you're going to lose your job, right? And even though it's just free speech, you cannot have free speech in this country, and without uh, if the progressives are in charge, and but yet when you get over to China, they they have an entirely set set of different rules. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to bust into our last segment. Just use your imagination. Yes, that's right. Every October 3rd, students in schools all across America celebrate what is being called Bring Your Bible to School Day. This year, legendary NFL quarterback Drew Brees made a video affirming Christian students. So I want to encourage you to live out your faith on Bring Your Bible to School Day and share God's love with friends. You're not alone. This is a tender, amiable message from a professional athlete that we should all value considering how often we see the adverse and negative behavior of so many high-paid sports icons. Tragically, encouraging ethical and loving behavior is sometimes met with antagonism. 
Many critics opposed Breeze for making this video stating the New Orleans Saints quarterback was somehow anti-gay. Despite the criticism, Breeze reaffirmed his encouraging video that the Bible and love should permeate the life of students despite the occasional societal pessimism against Christian beliefs. Noah Webster, author of the dictionary that bears his name, is also known as the father of American scholarship and education. In Webster's definition of the word education, he wrote, To give children a good education in manners, arts, and science is important. To give them a religious education is indispensable, and an immense responsibility rests on parents and guardians who neglect these duties. During the years of 1776 through 1835 in America, various educational choices were established that brought about a 70 to 100% literacy rate in the colonies, much higher than what existed in Europe, which had many more universities. During the founding era, churches became involved and established charity schools for the poor in the community who could not afford to pay teachers. These were known as free schools. With the Bible at the heart of schooling, early Americans understood the paramount role of God and the scriptures in their lives gaining knowledge about creation, learning what was needed for a productive life, and learning to live right by God. Tragically, the deluded Supreme Court of 1963 believed the Bible and prayer should be banned from schools indefinitely. What fruit is this netted? Academically, America is near the bottom of science and math scores in developed countries. Even worse, crime and violence have increased dramatically on school campuses in addition to our neighborhoods. You may ask yourself then, how will liberty survive in America? Well, by teaching the safeguards of liberty, as Founding Father Samuel Adams explained, the right to freedom is the gift of God Almighty. The rights of the colonists as Christians may be best understood by reading and carefully studying the institutes of the great lawgiver and the head of the Christian church, which are to be found clearly written and promulgated in the New Testament. So my hats off and my support is to Drew Brees and the saints that he leads in America. This is Jake McCauley and Dominic McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution, bringing you The, the American, American View. All right, well, I was... I was looking on Facebook the other day, and Dave Greenitz started talking about how this 50-year-old bathroom, they took this 50-year-old bathroom. Now, I got some, I got bathrooms that are older than that, but this is a 50-year-old bathroom, and he was complimenting them on how, what wonderful decisions this family made. Well, the big decisions they made that was right was to hire him to do their remodel of their bathroom. It was like amazing-looking bathroom. And they redesigned the whole layout of it and <clears throat> and then, of course, all the fixtures and all the tile and the paint and just totally modernized. It was beautiful. So anyway, Dave Greenitz is, is uh, one of the sponsors, along with Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security. Dave Greenitz Construction, they do some of the most amazing remodels in our Yuba Sutter County area. And they are in demand. They're they're. They they got people wanting them months out. Every once in a while, he'll say, "Lou, I'm I'm not even don't even have an opening until such and such a month." And um, 
but they do some other things as well. They do these amazing remodels. They're just they they always show the before and after shots on their uh, either Facebook page, which is Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook, or on their website at greenitzconstruction.com. Green with E T Z on the end is how you spell it. And so you can see the before and after, and you could sit there and look at your before and imagine the after and if you wanted input they could give you some input by showing you even more photos or even taking you and looking looking at some uh some things that they've done around town here you can reach them off those two uh platforms either facebook or the web <coughs> you can reach them off there by sending an email over or something but you can text them at 530-682-9602 five three zero six eight two nine six oh two you can text that or you can give them a shout if you're up to it and you could have a discussion i know i've seen their website where you can when you email them it'll ask well what are you interested in is it kitchens at baths it you know give it give us a hint we'll we'll help to steer you the right way so there's some good qualities here with these guys that aren't always with the, your normal contractor. I've called contractors before. Yeah, I've actually had them come and look at the job and said, yeah, we're going to start and never show up again. I don't know where they dropped off. They fell into the Bermuda Triangle, got arrested for dealing cocaine. I don't know what happened to them. But uh, the nice thing about Greenwich Construction, they're not dopers. Uh, they're not tweakers. Uh, there's no tweakers out there and, uh, they're not, they're not, uh, going to be doing stupid stuff out on the job. Uh, they're not going to be bringing dangerous people on your job and, uh, they get the job done. They got insurance. If anything weird happened, they got insurance to cover everything. But, um, uh, the, the most important thing is they're honest people and they get there and do their job on time. They clean up after and, um, and they stick with you through the project. If something goes wrong, they'll, they stand good for it. So you can reach them at 530-682-9602. That's Green. It's construction. The other people I want to mention before we get too much farther is uh, my friend Ted Holmes. I just noticed on uh, the other day on, on social media that Ted and another guy that has ran a painting business here for years, Gary Bennett, are, are working helping some teenagers learn how to build but they're putting up a building a tiny house on a on a frame on wheels and going to be giving it to one of the fire victims uh from the paradise fire the campfire they call it and uh so ted um he's not retired gary's kind of retired but ted has not retired he's working full-time running businesses making some money and so he's using that money to go all over the world. He just got back from Cuba and then Mexico in the last six months, took teams to both spots to do work. And um, so he's doing some pretty incredible stuff, but he runs a business called The Plumbing Doctor in Yuma and Sutter Counties, and they will respond 24 hours a day and, and get your water going in the right direction. It's bubbling up into your house. They'll get it to go. They'll get it. They'll get it under control and tame it. Or if it's supposed to be coming at you and it's heading from you, like you turn on the water and there isn't any. Or you get water bubbling up in your yard or you can't get the water to work. It's not coming in from the, the water line or the pumps down. Something weird's happened. They can help you. You can reach them any time of the night or day at 530-671-9111. 
Go check that out, and they will help you. They are honest people. They are kind people. And like all these people I'm talking about, they will, if they say they're showing up, they're showing up. You better be there, right? They better, they'll show up, and uh, so they're counting on you to be there as well. All right, so uh, let's see. I think I talked enough about the China thing. Uh, I'll tell you, there's some fine people over there in Hong Kong. And there's good people all over China. But but when you have a government that is corrupt and is evil, you know, it's one thing if government's corrupt. That's where they steal your money. They hire their friends. They steal the products of government. They show favoritism. You know, Jesus talks about that, the followers. In fact, some of the disciples did, too. That They said, hey, you're, you, you're supposed to, you came here to serve. You didn't come here to, like, the government. You said, they said, you know how the rulers rule over you. It's hard, the Roman rulers. The people nowadays are every bit as gnarly as the Roman rulers. They'll target you. I, I think I've told this, well, I've told it many times, uh, Right after Obama was elected, I had Secret Service agents show up at my house. And uh, they wanted to have an interview with me. I went through two long interviews, uh, and they claimed that they had a letter back in Washington, D.C. that I was going to uh, take the life of the president, you know. So uh, anyway, uh, totalitarian governments are hard-nosed. Let let me read you a few more things on this China thing. This one guy wrote an article, if woke, you know, woke means woke corporations had, if woke corporations had police power, they would act just like communist China. I'm totally onto that page. He says there's no conflict between the NBA's extreme wokeness and its craven response to Chinese authoritarianism for the left, for the left authoritarianism comes naturally that this dude his name's John Daniel Davidson. This guy is pure. He's on it. He says, but there's really such a there's there is there really such a conflict between progressive values and authoritarianism. Progressive means liberal in the United States. Arguably, wokeness is itself fundamentally authoritarian. How many of the most politically correct people on the left in America would be happy to use government power to compel speech? silence those with opposing views or ruin the lives and livelihoods of ordinary people who don't share their political values. That happened to me. That's happened to me here in, in areas that I make some money, not on radio, but areas, even areas where I don't even make it for myself. I just make it for like trauma intervention program. By the way, thank you guys for, I got some checks for trauma intervention program recently. We're doing our annual fundraiser. We go out on 911 calls, right? We don't make one nickel for any of us individually. We're all volunteers. We've done over 11,000 911 responses for 25 different agencies in Yuba Sutter counties. We go out night and day. We go out more than, you know, 30 to 40 times a month, right? And uh, people quit donating to us because of me, because I stand up and say these kind of things on the radio as if I'm, I'm somehow benefiting and the only people that benefit from our work is the people who just their baby just died so by the way if you want to support tip if you want to uh, you know i, I know given tuesday's coming up in a month or so but if you're at, you're at the end of the year and you want to give to an organization we're almost 100 percent 
of your money. We don't even have an office. We don't we don't pay salaries. Everything goes to the people we're we're helping. <clears throat> In fact, I just got a call. The young boy was run over by a drunk driver the other day, a young adolescent, and uh, you know we we gave some input on how to how to help in the situation and and uh but we do that every day every day it's not a big event uh, you know when your son dies or your wife you get up and you, you realize your wife's not waking up that's your big event you don't need planes to fly into towers or terrorists to blow up stuff so uh anyway uh if you want to support tip you can send a check to tip tip trauma intervention program p.o box 645 Marysville 95901 and uh, we serve you in Sutter counties we'll probably do four or five hundred calls here in the next 12 months but he, but this guy's talking about uh, if the left could control your speech they do it all the time on college campuses you can't go on a college campus I've been thrown off college campuses before and I was there to on a, a bomb was supposed to go off and they didn't want me on there to even help as a trauma intervention person because they saw my name on the internet Talk about shutting down speech. So he's, he asks the question, do you think that the left in America would com, would silence those with opposing views? They're doing it right now, just like they're doing in communist China. Would they ruin the lives and livelihoods of ordinary people who don't share their political views? You know that uh, president of uh, Mo Mozilla? Remember that guy? The only thing, the founder and inventor of the Mozilla... Uh, search engine deal or whatever that is he the only thing he did is he contributed to uh, a campaign for marriage and that's it wasn't he can't do that he they can that dude they forced him to quit so this guy goes on and says we all know the answer it's been uh it's been playing out right before our eyes we all know what happened to jack phillips you remember jack phillips jack phillips is a christian baker you remember who declined to make a custom wedding cake for a gay couple. And, uh, but he even told the gay couple, he, he, he makes cakes for gay, gay people, <clears throat> but he didn't, he didn't believe in marriage between two men or two women. So he just said, I don't really believe in that. So I don't want to make you a wedding cake. So they said, we're going to sue you then. Right. They didn't want just a cake. They said, you have to make me a cake or I'm going to kick your butt, right? That's what they said to him. That's authoritarianism right there. Instead of saying, hey, I, no problem, we'll go down the street, right? Like if I was going to marry a 10-year-old girl, right, like the Muslims do, I'm an old guy. So if I was going to marry a 10-year-old girl, I went into a Christian deal, and he said, hey, I don't believe in you doing that. That, that's, that girl's too young. I would just say, oh, no problem. I'll go down and get one made by ABC company that makes cakes. But but no, the gay people, they're into authoritarianism. In other words, they're going to shove this thing down your throat and make you choke on it. That's authoritarianism. So Jack Phillips was vindicated, or the Supreme Court found in his favor, but he still faces ongoing persecution and legal battles, right? That's authoritarianism. That's the same thing they're doing in China. That's what they're protesting against. The guy writes, we know what happens to wedding florists, photographers, even the owners of a small town pizza shop who refuse to tow the left's line. 
So far from being uh, in conflict with progressive values, coercion is native to them. China has re-education camps for Muslims who don't embrace communism. It's not hard to imagine leftists in America supporting re-education camps for Christians who don't embrace gay marriage or transgenderism. Coercion force, even government force, is perfectly fine to them if it's used in the service of the left's agenda. Now, I just heard where New York City, Mayor de Blasio, I may have the number wrong. It's either 50000 or $500,000 fine if you use the term illegal alien in New York right now. That's authoritarianism. That is not free speech. Our, our Constitution supported free speech, whether other people liked it or not. So this guy goes on to say coercion comes naturally to the far left. Today, it's commonplace for left-wing college students to shout down or even physically threaten conservative speakers and students on the pretext that hate speech can't be tolerated and even that it justifies violence. Two years ago at Middlebury College, a student mob physically attacked speaker Charles Murray. Charles Murray's probably nearly 80 years old, very bright man. And a faculty member got attacked after forcibly shutting down a planned speech by Murray there. Does anyone think that these students would balk at having the police forcibly shut down speaking events they opposed on ideological grounds? They're already doing it. They're doing this here. People that Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich, would, they would support that whole situation that, that's what that's why they can't take a stand for the for freedom because they don't believe in it anymore this isn't just true of a campus f- phenomenon violent extremist groups like antifa are often seen clashing with police but does anybody anyone doubt that if mask antifa demonstrators could wield police powers they would they would hesitate to use force to silent dissent what he's saying is if 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 these uh college students or gay people, or liberal people, if they had police power like the Chinese communists have, do you hesitate for a moment? They wouldn't shut down every bit of opposition. Just like the Chinese communists are doing with Google, with Paramount Films, with all these manufacturers, they got the power. They're going to shut them down. He says, we don't have to imagine hypotheticals because examples of leftist coercion are all around us. Consider This is interesting. I just saw this the other day. A Virginia high school teacher got fired last year for refusing on religious grounds to use a transgender student's preferred pronoun. In other words, it's a boy, but now he wants to be called a girl, so he wants to be referred to as her or she. The teacher's name is Peter Vlaming. He even tried to compromise, promising to use only the student's actual name and avoid the pronouns altogether. But it wasn't enough for the school or the kid. School administrators told Vlaming either to use the pronoun the transgender student wanted or face consequences. Eventually, the school fired him. They just fired the guy because he wouldn't, you know, it's kind of like saying that's a dog. Everybody knows that's a dog. But we're now calling that a cat. So if you call that a cat, if you call that a dog, in spite of us wanting to call it a cat, 
you're fired. Isn't that amazing? This guy says, say the wrong words and we'll take away your livelihood. That is happening in America today, folks. And people like Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich, they'll let their uh, NBA uh, players say kind of gnarly, weird stuff. Get all up in the president's stuff in business. But he if but by God, if if President Trump takes them on, God forbid, man, it's like, hey, he's way out of line. Right. But they can like talk trash, be disrespectful and shoot their mouth off left and right. But no, 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 no. If he has a different view. Right. Or anybody else, has, they're going to shut that down. And all of a sudden, they just hate that. Oh, we're not going to go to the White House. They disrespect the whole country. They're not just disrespecting Trump. They're disrespecting the whole country. Oh, yeah. No, we're not. He doesn't. You know, he's racist. Oh, he's for slavery. Honestly, people, the, these people are so false, screwy. No wonder he's, this guy closes this article. No wonder the most politically correct corporations in America are the first to placate Chinese authoritarians. China just demonstrates uh, what happens when woke corporations have the power of state behind them. Woke corporations, if they get the power to clean your clock, they're going to clean your clock. I'm guaranteeing it. I was going to get to one other article. Let me just give you the title. You should look it up. Some science uh, are sorry. Science says the most successful kids have parents who do these nine things. It's a fantastic article. If you don't have time to, to look it up, I will talk about it next Saturday. So I hope you enjoyed the show. We're going to call it a day. So if you, uh, if you run into people this week that you've never met before, Reach out to them. You never know. The Bible says that you might run into a stranger and not even knowing it. So uh, uh, I think that's it. So support my my boys, Elite Universal Security, Dave Greenitz Construction, and the Plumbing Doctor, and you tell them No Hostages Radio told, told you to come over there and check them out. All right. Catch you next week. Bye-bye. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Everybody. Sugar to kiss. Sugar to kiss.